Evgeny Malkin might, might make his season debut tonight in Anaheim. If he does, based on the way lines played out in practice yesterday out there, he'll be skating alongside Jeff Carter and Kasperi Kapanen. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates, the other two teams in town that I kind of cover. It'll be Penguins versus Ducks tonight at 10 o'clock Eastern time out at the Honda Center. And way more significant than any individual outcome from that game will be how Gino does. Not because of all the standard, you know, oh, no, Gino's going to come back and ruin everything. To say something like that, to even think it, you'd have to have not paid attention at all to how he performed including within Mike Sullivan's system when he came back last regular season and how he performed into the playoffs against the Islanders. Really, you just had to have not tuned in to those games. This really, to me, isn't as much of an issue as whether or not Gino can find chemistry with line mates. Look, I'm not going to pretend that Gino's never going to have a turnover again. I'm not going to pretend that he's not going to do one of those insane lateral passes across center red that hands the other team a two-on-none. Great players are going to try to make great plays, and it takes a lot to rein them in. And as Sullivan himself often states, the one thing you don't want to do as a coaching staff when you have great players is take the sticks out of their hands. uses that line a lot, actually. Chino's going to be fine. The guy I'm worried about on that unit is Kapanen. Carter can do anything. Carter could be center, right wing, left wing, gunner over there. I actually kind of like that. It could be fun watching him on that side, just be a trigger guy. I mean, that's what he was born to do, shoot the puck. And he does it as well as anybody on the hockey team. But Kapanen. He's got to produce. He's got to produce in order to stay in the top six on this team. And remember, that was his big thing in Toronto as well. He, no way he was going to get any ice time behind Mitch Marner and William Nylander, uh, the right-wing depth chart of the Leafs. Well, he's in Pittsburgh, and he absolutely positively should be with his speed, his skill, what normally would be his shooting touch, although he's shown next to none of that this season. And what we've all been waiting for, and I can promise you what he's been waiting for, because he told me this himself, is to have another chance to play alongside Gino. Here's what Kapanen had to say yesterday out in Southern California about that opportunity. You know, ever since last year, I kind of started playing with them, and I felt like my game elevated. So um, it's pretty easy to play with a guy like Gino. I mean, he's, uh, you know, 
Hall of Fame career and one of the best to ever played. So um, I'm just lucky that uh, I've gotten a chance to play with him. Sounds a little excited, doesn't he? Well, I go back to a, a, a one-on-one talk that he and I had in the preseason just a couple months ago when no matter what I would bring up related to his role in Pittsburgh or his expectations in Pittsburgh, he kept coming back with playing alongside Gino. They enjoyed mutually the two of them working with each other. For whatever reason, it clicked. Kapanen would use his straight line speed, and he would actually go in a straight line and stay in a straight line instead of doing all those Gretzky-like pirouettes inside the attacking blue line. He wouldn't pull up. He'd just keep moving because he knew Gino was coming in, meaning into the attacking zone, as a trailer. And if he pulls up and Gino comes in late, there ain't nothing going on, kids. You know, that's just a log jam at the blue line. It's not going to work. So Kapanen's going to have to keep moving forward. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. A lot of what Kapanen has to do is self-evident. I mentioned the skating forward. I could also throw in being a lot more reliable in terms of bearing down to get off his best shot as opposed to just a shot. But what really weighs into this equation at the moment, I think, is that Kapanen had better perform. Because if he doesn't, he's got to be out of the top six. Look, these lines going into this game, are going to have Evan Rodriguez on the first line next to Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel. And that's fine. That's as it should be with Brian Rust on the COVID list. When Rust comes back, he's on that top line. All due respect to Rodriguez. Now, when this team is at full strength, full health, presuming that ever happens again in our lifetime, Rodriguez might be, as I've been telling you, the third-line center. Sullivan really likes what he brings to the team through the middle of the ice. He feels the Penguins have a great chance at a zone exit and a clean zone entry with Rodriguez moving through there. Okay, fine. Load up a scoring third line as well. But if Kapanen doesn't click with Gino. It throws everything out of whack because he's not going to work on a third or a fourth line. He's just not. And I don't even mean that in the literal sense. I mean, I think he'd try. He's not a, like, bad dude or something. He has his lapses. He's going to have an effort. I just don't think it works, meaning him being down there. And then you're left with a really bad situation where, you know, there's a guy that just doesn't fit onto your hockey team. Maybe Kapanen already realizes this, that his best chance to fit with these Pittsburgh Penguins, who he really seems to enjoy playing for and being around, is to make the most of every opportunity alongside 71. Now, 
it's not going to be fair in the slightest to judge him and obviously not to judge Gino over the remainder of this road trip, I'd say. There's four games left on this trip between Anaheim, Los Angeles, San Jose, and Las Vegas. And we're not going to see the best of anybody, including the best chemistry. It's going to take a little while, but it's not going to take that long. He's got to produce. He's got to produce or he just flat out doesn't fit. When we come back, just one question. Just one question that's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com/dk. FuboTV.com/dk. And today's J1Q comes from Mark in Michigan, who asks, maybe it's just the number nine, but does Erod remind you at all of Pascal Dupuis? He reminds me. Good team guy who develops a scoring touch. Well, Mark, if that's your criteria, I, I could very much see that. Uh, Dupuis is a classic case of a late bloomer, a self-made guy who worked his way from being an afterthought in that trade with the Thrashers to becoming a you know legit first-liner, at least here in Pittsburgh, because he fit as well as he did with Sid. And that'll be to his credit forever. Duper could do everything. But Duper was also a, uh, a straight-line winger for the most part, an up-and-down-the-boards uh, 1970s style of winger. And between that and one of them being right-handed and the other being left-handed, I'm not seeing that much of a comparable. In fact, I don't see all that much of a comparable between Rodriguez and a lot of guys. Uh, stylistically, the way he skates and the way he finishes, I'm going to drop a Tyler Kennedy on you. And by that, I'm referring to the version of TK that went completely berserk, scoring a bunch of goals in the second half of a season not that long ago where the Penguins were missing a ton of guys' injuries, and TK actually ended up like leading the team in goals for a significant stretch. That's the type of uh, skater-slash-scrappy-guy-slash-finisher that I see Rodriguez being. But there's something else that he does, and I just referenced it in the first segment and that's the carrying of the puck through center ice and carrying it with authority. That's not something that TK did. That's not something that Duper did. The guy that I, I'm going to drop a Marty Straka on you with this. Now, Marty was more skilled. Marty could do a lot of different things. Marty, you know, first round pick who ended up putting up a bunch of points, ton of points in the National Hockey League between here and the other teams where he wound up going. So I'm not going to take this too far, but I guess where he reminds me of Marty is that 
he was able to utilize his speed and his ability to cut and slash, uh, meaning skating-wise, not, not with his stick, uh, across certain points of the ice to constantly generate chances for himself. Now, Marty was not the world's greatest finisher. Anybody who goes back that far with Penguins hockey will remember, oh, Marty, oh, Marty, meaning all the different chances that you'd wish he would have put away and didn't. Uh, Evan, of course, has been putting those away, but I don't know that that's going to last forever. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. But that's the other component that I would see to this. So I'm going to take a hybrid Marty Straka and a Tyler Kennedy and still tell you that doesn't do it. I appreciate the question, though. That's good stuff. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one tomorrow to talk about Penguins versus Ducks. 